And now, from the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Con. I'm Anthony Gismondi. Welcome to today's show. Uh, let's see, Taylor Swift, 10, uh, 10 out of 10 from her album on Billboard. We might get a 10 out of 10 harvest in 2022 in British Columbia. As you listen to the show today, listen to the subtleties of what's going on at the end of the harvest. We're going to talk about grapes that are picked, not picked, quality of grapes, all of the things that make up a great vintage. Uh, we will discuss on the show today with several of our guests, beginning with Sel D'Angelo. He's the owner of D'Angelo Estate Winery. We're going to talk about uh, some special varietals uh, that he's growing on the Naramata bench and some techniques that he's using, a passamento, an Italian technique uh, that involves drying the grapes. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about two wines made the same way, one with dried grapes, one with the normal harvest. Jeff Hundermark, our old friend, winemaker at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. Now he's going to join us to talk about the harvest. Of course, uh, Mount Boucherie has uh, vineyards spread up and down the Okanagan Valley and into the Similkameen. So Jeff has a really uh, good handle on what's going on. He's going to tell us some really interesting stuff about uh, harvesting because sometimes in strange harvests, some grapes that normally you pick last are being picked before other grapes. So there's a lot of different things going on this year across the Okanagan that will make this... Uh, harvest very unique a harvest by the way which looks like it's going to be a great uh, size now luke trache he will also join us he's the wine director at barefoot bistro in whistler and we're going to talk about all the exciting activities going on as they kick into gear in the village uh, just as the snow arrives they have one of the best uh, oyster shucking competitions coming up with 800 to a thousand people planning to attend that event but up next colin ross he'll talk to us about the naramata bench association and their growing membership and the unique ways they plan to communicate their story to the wine world this is bc food and wine radio i'm anthony gismondi and we are ready to go there's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. It's the most colorful time of the year, and the same goes for wine. At Save On Foods, fall means a shift to deep reds and fuller-bodied whites. Discover more than 1,300 BC VQA wines all in one place. And right now, pick up any four bottles at Save On Foods and get 10% off your purchase because nothing pairs with the cool air quite like a fantastic local vino. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods with 22 locations. Find yours at saveonfoods.com. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan, a place to relax, take your time, enjoy our beautiful fall weather and a world-class wine and culinary scene. With over 80 wineries within a 20-minute drive, along with distilleries and cideries, eight local craft breweries and a fantastic variety of locally sourced restaurants, Penticton is the perfect destination for a peaceful fall getaway. For details on wineries, tours, tasting room and restaurant hours, and for even more trip inspiration, head to visitpenticton.com. Today's real estate landscape is fast-paced and complex. Now more than ever, whether you're a buyer or a seller, it's vital to work with a professional real estate company like REMAX. 
Lean into their experience, local market knowledge, and connections. They are your market experts and are excited to help you make your dreams a reality. The right agents for today's market are at Remax with offices in Summerland, Penticton, and Asuyus. Call or visit them at yoursouthokanaganhome.com. Discover the good life right in your own backyard. Destination? The Watermark Beach Resort in beautiful Asuyus. Featuring spectacular views of Asuyus Lake, walking distance to shops, plus dining at the Watermark's very own 15 Park Bistro. And make sure to book your spring and summer travel now to avoid disappointment at the South Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, and welcome to the show. And a shout-out to Vancouverites listening on BNM Bloomberg 1410 and all other 21 stations on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our first guest today is Colin Ross. He's a board member of the Naramata Bench Association. Colin, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for asking. Uh, great to have you on the show. We don't often get to talk to uh, somebody who's, you know, on a board of a, a bunch of wineries. Uh, I can't imagine even herding wineries uh, together to even get to a meeting. But uh, Naramata Bench is a special place. It seems like you've got some buy-in now from uh, all the players on the bench. Yeah, I think um, people are, you know, recognizing the importance of the Naramata Bench as a sub-GI and in, in BC's wine industry, and I think all the wineries are uh, pulling together to really make sure we make incredible wine here on the bench. Mm-hmm. How many of you now are uh, on the bench, or members at least, of the organization? So right now we have uh, 28 members. So um, all of them are sort of uh, wine producers at the moment, although we are open to uh, other beverage producers. We have some cideries and distilleries and breweries on the bench as well. Yeah. I think that's kind of a nice touch. We're seeing more of a collaboration between uh, producers on the bench, uh, you know, including cideries and, and breweries. Uh, it seems like it's working for everybody. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a real collaborative uh, small community up here. We all enjoy working together, and um, and sometimes it's really fun to do some cross uh, cr- cross collaborations between, uh, say, a cidery and a winery. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't. Uh, I'm not going to go past the harvest. How's it going on Naramata Bench? What What do you see? What's left to pick? Or how far along are you? The snow's coming, and uh, you know, time's running out. I think time is running out. I mean, uh, this harvest has been uh, exceptional. I would say so. The year started out uh, with a really cool, wet spring, mm-hmm. um, but the hot, dry summer was fantastic. And then we had this really extended, warm, dry fall. Um, with very little rain and uh, and lots of uh, warm days. So, but uh, that looks like it's changed. As of today, we had our first frost, and um, I would say most most grapes are in. Some red grapes are still hanging out there for a bit of uh, extending phenolic ripe, ripeness. But uh, so far, it's been excellent. The uh, the quality of the fruit looks good. The uh, sugar development was excellent. Uh, there's a lot of that fresh uh, trademark BC acidity 
yep. the grapes and get phenolic ripeness. And uh, luckily, maybe for the first time in a few years, the volume of grapes has been really good. Oh, well, that's good. But we need a bit more volume, I think. Yeah, we need to kind of catch up from, we had sort of three shorter or smaller harvests the last couple mm-hmm. of years, so this will be uh, hopefully a nice catch-up for everyone. Yeah. Our guest is Colin Ross. He's the Naramata Bench Association. Uh, he, he volunteer on the board of the Naramata Bench Association. He also has a daytime job uh, in uh, the valley over at Tightrope Winery just down the road. Uh, Colin, uh, I'm interested in uh, how you... how how. How you present the Naramata Bench, I guess. What what do you tell the world now, or what's the message coming out of the Naramata Bench? I think the the message uh, coming out of the Naramata Bench is that the terroir we have is, uh, we feel, some of the best uh, growing conditions for, for grapes uh, in the world. Um, we have some very unique uh, soil uh, created by the glacial last glacial period, Mm-hmm. We have super uh, hot summer nights um, combined with uh, relatively cool evenings. The uh, Okanagan Lake, which is right beside us, uh, really uh, temperates the heat uh, units so we can keep that nice acidity while still maintaining some excellent acidity. Yeah, and uh, it seems like the the selection of grapes as well is growing. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago, everybody was saying, well, we these are going to be our signature grapes, and now that we've abandoned all that, People have the freedom to to try other things. Uh, what are could you name maybe a couple of unusual grapes we might not know are growing in Naramata? Sure. Well, a couple um, that I can think of. So uh, we grow some uh, Tempranillo on the bench. Mm. Um, we grow uh, Barbera at Tightrope. Um, there's also some Alberino, and just last year I believe some uh, Menthea was planted. So which, wow. which would be the first of its kind in BC, I believe. Oh, man, I love Menthea, which comes from uh, Spain, for our listeners who may not know the grape, M-E-N-C-I-A. Fantastic. Well, uh, that kind of uh, stretching of the legs, as I call it, and then there's this whole sparkling wine thing going on, too, where everybody's, uh, not everybody, but a lot of people are, you know, trying to make a sparkling wine. Uh, also, again, because of the conditions are so great for acidity in B.C. So it's interesting to see that mix. It It, it does make us unique. Yeah, it definitely does make us unique, and we do have excellent conditions for growing grapes for sparkling wine, and I think as consumers uh, sort of start to view sparkling wine as uh, an everyday wine, not something they just have to reserve for special occasions, it can make it uh, yeah. make a lot more sense to produce it. Exactly. Colin Ross, a board member of the Naramata Bench Association. Uh, Colin, what about uh, the coming months, so the late fall and into winter, what sort of things are available? Because we seem to be expanding the season, so if people want to head up over the winter, maybe they're skiing as a primary thing. What What's happening on the bench? Yeah, well, many wineries will stay open for uh, the winter season um, to do doing tastings. Um, so, you know, I, I know of at least 12 that are planning to stay uh, open through most of the winter um, mm-hmm. for tastings. Um, and then... Uh, Many wine shops will also be open at the different wineries uh, if tastings are not available. There's going to be a uh, light-up sort of ceremony in Naramata on November 19th. And then we have two winter markets, which will be partnered with uh, open houses at the wineries. And those are on November 25th and December 2nd. Oh, wow. Winter market. That sounds fun. 
Yeah, it's sort of based on a European style market, and uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun and uh, a great time to come come see the bench at a different time of year when the vines aren't so green, but there's still a lot going on. Yeah, well, you mentioned, but I, I just want to reinforce that. So, a, a lot of wineries are closed for tastings, but the wineries not closed. You can actually drop in and buy wine or purchase wine. Absolutely, yeah. A, a lot of wineries uh, will like the wine shops are generally uh, open year round uh, for you to pop in and purchase, and then um, and then yeah, many wineries will stay open for for tastings. Maybe a little yeah. less uh, this year, just because inventories have been a bit uh, tight, but. Uh, I think you'll see, you'll start to see the evolution of this region becoming a year-round destination. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Also, some restaurants will they remain open at wineries? And uh, there's kind of there's a bunch of things that are going on in the in the village. We know uh, some uh, from the hotel on. What what, what sort of (laughs) amenities will be available? Yeah, I think, um, so, I mean, right now is a great time to visit because there's lots of uh, fall promotions, both for accommodation and for uh, restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, some of the some of the winery restaurants will stay open. Um, <clears throat> such, uh, you know, we have, we have a number of great winery restaurants up here, like the Kitchen at De Silva or the Hillside Bistro, just to name right. a couple. And then, of course, you have the Naramata Inn uh, with Ned Bell there, which is always an incredible place to, to eat. Yeah. And people should check out the, the sort of revival of the Naramata uh, Country Store, I believe. Or is it that yeah. they, they've really revamped that place? They have really revamped that place, and uh, and they have a, an incredible selection of uh, craft goods, lots of local cheeses and other products there, and uh, and of course an incredible wine assortment to go along with it, both uh, local and international. Yeah. Uh, well, you mentioned it earlier. Naramata got a, a, a sub-GI uh, recently, so we can look for that now on uh, bottles of wine that will say the Naramata bench. How is that being perceived? Do you, do you get better feedback, or do people talk to you about that now? I think, yeah, some people definitely uh, recognize it as sort of a uh, statement of uh, a quality or maybe even a style of wine. Um and I think, you know, it's our job as an association to sort of uh, spread the word and make sure that, uh, you know, one day it has as much recognition as uh, other famous uh, GIs around the world. I think, what you know, it's really incredible that, uh, you know, as the BC wine industry develops, we're learning about all the different uh, characteristics in the different regions and mm-hmm. how there's incredible diversity. So we want to yeah. celebrate our diversity here. Well, I, you know, personally, I think it's just great. I'm not expecting any anybody to... Uh, differentiate all these areas right away it's going to be a project it's probably going to be a decade before we're comfortable talking about Cowich and Pinot Noir say versus Naramata Pinot Noir but at least we know exactly where those grapes come from and it gives us a chance now to you know delve into them in the glass because we you know we know exactly where they were grown and when you talk about all your magic soils above and below the road and and uh, all the things that go into farming now especially uh you know, sustainably or organically, these are these these things all count in the glass when you know where the wine's coming from. Well, for sure, I think you know. Even before I was involved in this industry, uh, getting to see where the grapes are grown and the terroir really gives you a sense of place, and it's amazing how much you can taste that sense of place in the glass. Yeah. Colin, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Real pleasure to catch up with you and to hear a bit about uh, 
what people can take part in in the next few weeks and uh, months over the fall and winter months in Naramata. It's not all swimming and uh, water skiing. There's many other things to do in the wintertime like hiking, skiing, walking on that uh, fantastic uh, KBR trail. Uh, plenty to do in Naramata. Check them out on their website, thenaramatabench.com. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, Anthony. That was Colin Ross, uh, Naramata Bench Association. There's plenty more to come up next. We stay on the bench to speak with Sal D'Angelo. He's the owner of D'Angelo Estate Winery. Don't forget you can listen to the show live weekly in 20 cities across British Columbia or on demand on all the major podcast platforms. This is BC Food & Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. Take your wine appreciation to the next level and become a rebel. Welcome to the Rebel Club at Liber Farm and Winery. As a Rebel member, you'll enjoy a regular shipment of exemplary Liber wines for your cellar, along with complimentary tastings and VIP treatment at the winery and more. And with the ease and convenience of online ordering, your wine will be shipped straight to your door. Discover more at LiberFarm.com. Simply great wines. Take a break from the hustle and bustle of the big city and relax in the beautiful and peaceful South Okanagan. Enjoy fantastic wine and culinary offerings throughout the region, including 180 of BC's finest wineries, from Summerland's Bottleneck Drive to the Naramata Bench to Okanagan Falls and Skaha Lake's Heart of Wine Country, down to Oliver Asuyus Wine Country. For community information, wine regions, and more trip inspiration, visit SouthOkanagan.com. It's time to create new memories in the South Okanagan you remember. As someone who is starting or adding to their wine or spirits collection, you recognize your choice of a reputable supplier is paramount. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers buyers a safe, inexpensive way to initiate or enhance their collections. They're experts in the field, and all of their offerings are meticulously sourced from private sellers across Canada. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Hello, I'm Anthony Gismondi, and after four decades in the wine business, I know that the wine you like is always the best one for you. Anyone who tells you differently is simply wrong. The trick is how to get there. My advice? Try as many different wines as possible to discover your favorites. We evaluate about 3,000 wines a year at GizmondiOnWine.com to help you sort through the clutter in the market, and we make it easy to search through our results. After all, life is way too short to drink bad wine. So why not give us a go at GizmondiOnWine.com? And now, a BC Food and Wine Radio Spotlight on British Columbia Wineries. Presented by Valley First Wealth Management. Working with you to give you confidence in your financial future. Valley First Wealth Management is a division of FW Wealth Management Limited. Hello, British Columbia, and a shout-out to all 20 cities across the province on the BC Food & Wine radio network, including Bounce Radio in Penticton and Princeton. Our guest is Sal D'Angelo. He's the owner of D'Angelo Estate Winery 
on the Naramana bench. First time we've had a chance to talk with Sal. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Uh, we can't uh, we can't help but ask about the harvest. Uh, are you still hanging grapes? Are you done? What's happening? We just finished picking an hour ago our low for Azimento, and we still have to bring the uh, baskets in in about an hour from now. Yeah, so that's it for the season then for picking. Yep. Wow, is that a big relief for most winemakers? Oh, a big relief because the spring started out so cold and long. And then we had this gorgeous fall, and everything caught up. Yeah. Uh, well, let's tell our listeners, I, I think because the first time we had a chance to talk with you, uh, where is D'Angelo Estate? Uh, let's start with that. I'm on the Naramata bench, down the street from uh, Red Rooster and Ruby Wineries. Right. And you uh, you originally came from Ontario, uh, decided to, you were making wine in Ontario and now in B.C. Well, how, what attracted you to British Columbia? Well, it was part of my research I did in uh, the late 70s. I started the quest or this uh, little hobby that got out of control in 77. <laughs> and in 79, I backed off because of the high interest rates. You remember those? Yeah, I sure do. And people think they got it high now. No. So I backed out again and waited until 82 when the interest rates came down and bought a farm at 14.5% interest. Wow. And, and and was there a reason why you picked Naramata over any other place in British Columbia? Well, my research started with Dr. Randy Reynolds. He was at the Summerland Research Station. Yeah, sure. We, we know. started chatting in the early 80s, about 81, 82, about trellis systems. And I was researching uh, Dr. Charbonneau from Bordeaux, France, and Dr. Chalice from uh, the Geneva, New York Station on different divided canopies. Mm-hmm. And he invited me over to the research station. And uh, when I did my research, I didn't just do Essex County or Ontario. I did the whole world. I spent about three years studying viticulture and grape growing and the start with the basics and move out, like France. Everybody talks about sure. France, Bordeaux, Burgundy, etc., and then Italy. And then this book I found, teaching at St. Clair College, and we had our own library. And I was down in the library one day, for everyone that's listening, we did not have the Internet then. <laughs> and I found a book on uh, the Okanagan, and that's how the whole thing started. Wow. That, that, that's quite a story. Our guest is Sal D'Angelo. He's the owner of D'Angelo State Winery on the Naramana Bench. So, Sal, you came here. Now, what did you decide to plant? What, what can you tell us about what's going on in the ethos at, at, at uh, D'Angelo Estate? Uh, well, we've just finished our new planting this year. We put another five acres of Malbec, Cat Sauv, Petit Verdot, and Tempranillo uh, mm. to increase the holdings we already have because we need more of the same. Right. And one of the reasons why I chose this area, Dr. Randy Reynolds from the research station had provided me with weather data going back 72 years. And I was looking for the spot that was the warmest on the coldest night of the winter. Because what limits grape growing in Canada is not our sunny summers. It's no, cold it's, winters. Yeah, it's what survives. Exactly. It's what survives. And the yeah. data showed that this area is protected by the Lake Okanagan because it's about 700 feet deep, and that's like a big heat sink in the winter. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, okay, well, I want to talk, uh, before we run out of time, a couple of wines. Uh, one of the wines f- that you're making, uh, you have two labels of Setacopa, a Narabana Bench and an Apasamento. Maybe we could explain the differences to our listeners who are would be looking at these wines. Okay, they are both the uh, Bordeaux varietals, which right. is the term coined to be meritage, but we chose not to use the word meritage. We use Setacopa, that's Cap Sub, Cap Franc, Merlot, Petit Verdot, Malbec. Mm-hmm. Now, the difference is the Setagopa is uh, just regular harvest you would normally pick in October. The Apazimento, the word itself is Italian for to dry and shrivel. Mm-hmm. And the name of the wine in Italy, in the northern region of Italy, is uh, Amarone. Where we right. will shrivel the grapes in baskets. We have a, we call it the drying shed. It's a big roof with no walls. Yep. And we'll stack this year 600 baskets with holes in them. Wow. And the cold air will put some fans, and it'll dry the grapes up, probably evaporating about 25% of the fluid, concentrating the sugars, the tannins, etc. Mm-hmm. And they'll probably dry for about a month. Uh, the alcohol content, of course, will go up because of the sugar content going up. But yeah. also the tannins are increased, the acidity is increased. It's a pretty big wine. So with yeah. the word apazimento, after Setagopa, it's the same five uh, Bordeaux varietal blend, but using the triple apazimento uh, grapes. Yeah. So you air dry them. You co- so it's a it's a richer, more concentrated uh, version of the regular Setacopa, I would imagine. Then. Yes, it's about sixteen point three percent alcohol, and it's a really big wine. Right wow. now, it needs maybe two, three hours, even mm. up to five hours of airing, or better yet, the next day. Yeah, it'll be your cellar for decades. Yeah, maybe ten or twenty years in the bottle too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, that's it. yeah, that's completely different than than uh, you know what what most people are doing here. That's for sure. We don't see much of that. Uh, no, I, I uh, applied to the VQA, and they told me I was the first one to apply for the category. That no one oh, had done go. it. I know there's somebody doing it. They probably just didn't go through VQA. Yeah, possibly. Uh, you're having fun with dessert wine, too. Uh, Dolce Vita, another uh, throw to the Italian, the Rosso, is also from the Naramata Bench. Now, what can you tell us about this? Because this is, this is an interesting grape variety, and then you play with it. Yeah, the Dolce Vita Rosso is made from Tempranillo grapes, which is one of the grapes they use in Portugal to make port. It is fortified with brandy from our own vineyard, and then it's aged in a barrel for seven years. So, so it's it's made in the port style then. Oh yeah, it's made in the port style. It does have a little bit of tempranillo ice wine in it. Yeah. Yeah, we originally had an ice wine and uh, port type blend back in two thousand and six, I believe, mm-hmm. and we we kept some of that back, but now more and more of it is leaning towards more of a port style. Yeah. With extra aging. Yeah, well, and we see more of them coming out of the the Okanagan. In fact, out of the, the Naramata Bench, which seems to be like a sweet spot for it. So th- this is a, a wine that people should check out, uh, especially over the holiday season, too. It's kind of wine you can open, and, and you don't have to drink the whole bottle uh, the second you open it, either. No, it keeps very, very well. It's about 19% yeah. alcohol. Uh, so you have a couple things going on. You you have a, a a place that people can rent that's right on the vineyard, which is always interesting for those looking for sort of a vineyard vacation. 
Uh, tell us a little bit about when people come to visit you. Will you be open over the winter, just the summer? How does it work at uh, at the property? Uh, for wine sales, we are open, but in the winter, it is by appointment, or you can call. There is a sign out front with the phone number. There's always right. someone around, myself or my daughter. Uh, the guest house is closed for the winter. We have a home with three suites and Ingram pool. Yeah, it looks, uh, well, people should check it out on the website, uh, d'angelowinery.com. There's uh, lots of information there and, of course, uh, uh, ways to get involved in the wine club and, and buy some of the wines as well. Uh, are you happy the way it's rolled out in B.C. To, after all that research? Oh, yeah, actually, I'm uh, very happy. Uh, eventually, I had to sell one of them off, and the Ontario winery was sold in 2017. Mm-hmm. And now we're just concentrating, focusing on planting the rest of the property. There's 15 yeah. acres planted. Okay. Possible 27. Out of a possible, sorry, 27. Yeah, there's 27 acres. We're right on the lake. We even have yep. a lake lot with water frontage, but we don't allow the public to use it. Yeah, and and uh, so your kids are involved. What what are the what's going to happen over the next decade? Will they become more and more involved in the business? Yeah, my daughter runs the wine retail shop in the office, and my son is now making the wine. Okay. What? What? You're just sitting in a chair right now. He's <laughs> processing Montepulciano. It's the first Montepulciano in Canada. Wow, that's fantastic. So you, I mean, it's an. I guess for people going there, it's an Italian adventure in in the on the Naramata bench. Well, you've got an Italian Canadian growing Spanish, French, and Italian grapes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, that's the best part about it. A lot of freedom to do, to do these kind of things that you can't do in the old country. Uh, yes, so, absolutely. Uh, great to catch up with you today and to our listeners uh, who are thinking about it. D'Angelo Estate Winery, you can drop by them on the, Mar- on the Naramata bench, and you can also check them out at d'angelowinery.com online. Uh, to check out the wines and order them direct uh, from the winery. Sal, thanks so much for joining us today. Pleasure to talk to you. Oh, my pleasure. That was Sal D'Angelo. He's the owner of D'Angelo Estate Winery. We're, we've got plenty more to come on the show. Up next, Jeff Hundermark. He's the chief winemaker over at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. Just a little further north in West Kelowna will join us on the show. This is BC Food & Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismondi. We'll be right back. Join us next time for another Spotlight on British Columbia Wineries presented by Valley First Wealth Management. Working with you to give you confidence in your financial future. Valley First Wealth Management is a division of FW Wealth Management Limited. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. The Inn at Therapy Vineyards invites you to get away for a luxurious retreat experience. Modern rooms overlooking the vineyards and Lake Okanagan set the tone for a relaxing and refreshing stay on the Naramata Bench. 
Relax on your patio, soak in the hot tub, and enjoy a guided tasting experience in the Therapy Vineyards Wine Shop. Book your room or order Therapy Vineyards award-winning wines and have them delivered to your door at therapyvineyards.com. Because everyone needs a little therapy. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan. A place to relax, take your time, enjoy our beautiful fall weather and a world-class wine and culinary scene. With over 80 wineries within a 20-minute drive, along with distilleries and cideries, eight local craft breweries, and a fantastic variety of locally sourced restaurants, Penticton is the perfect destination for a peaceful fall getaway. For details on wineries, tours, tasting room and restaurant hours, and for even more trip inspiration, head to visitpenticton.com. The most exciting club in the Okanagan is Summer Hills Organic Wine Club. When you become a member, you'll receive 24 bottles per year of sommelier-curated organic wines. Enjoy preferred pricing and free delivery. Plus, members earn double gratitude points, which gives 20% of each order back in your pocket. Get insider information on Summer Hill's new releases and special events. Enjoy the flavors of Summer Hill. Join the Organic Wine Club at summerhill.bc.ca. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. If I could escape and recreate a place that's my own world. Hello across British Columbia and around the globe on our podcast with a shout out to podcast listeners in Boise, Idaho, Brooklyn, New York, and Brussels, Belgium. That's the three big B's, I guess. Joining us now from West Kelowna is the big man himself, Jeff Hundermark. He makes all the wine at Mount Bushery Estate Winery. Jeff, how are you today? I'm very good. I'm glad to be able to sit down for a moment or two. Yeah, well, it. I mean, you must be busier than than ever. It's been a long uh, growing season, a late harvest, uh, the snow's coming, the rain's falling, in the, at least on the coast. Well, what's your update at uh, Mount Bushery? Well, no snow on the ground yet, but we can definitely see it in the mountaintops. It's uh, it's crazy. I just uh, I'm just so happy. This is the last week we are looking at. Uh, well, I think uh, in all total we'll be do- we'll be doing about 600 tons. Wow. Uh, this uh, this year we started about six weeks ago, so we're kind of nailing off uh, 100 tons a week, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's a uh, lot. It's been, it's been crazy. Yeah. Are you happy with the like the general yields for the harvest? Yields have been uh, spectacular, to be honest with you. We've we had a couple of years of really underperforming uh, vineyards, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we're probably double, if not triple, our our yields this year, uh, and still just keeping just keeping the vineyards uh, healthy. Like they're they're in just fantastic shape right now. That's fantastic the, uh, to hear. Yeah, it's just it's just been incredible. Yeah. And you're, I mean, people may not know, but you're you're pulling grapes from all across the Okanagan and in the Similkameen, so you've got a, a a broad vision about what's what's going on with the harvest. What what looks best this year? And you like the reds or the whites or particular varieties or what? What have you been excited about? Well, it's been a really bizarre. I mean, I, I'm sure you've heard this from everybody, but it's been a really bizarre harvest. The the Everything is, was late. You know, we started six, uh, sorry, four weeks late um, yeah. from from last year, and it's been uh, it's been crazy. The the early uh, early varietals are are late. Like we picked Zinfandel before Pinot Noir this year. Like it was just <laughs> just wild. 
Okay, uh, that is crazy. Pinot Noir actually is looking really nice, you know, just with that extra hang time, but it's, mm-hmm. it's looking beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, white varietals, you know, the aromatic, the Rieslings and the Gewurztraminers, they're all just beautiful right now. Sauvignon Blanc's beautiful. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the reds. We, you know, the cabs are coming in this week, so... Yeah, I'm looking to see what uh, what they're at. The very first uh, block we got in was uh, sitting around 24 bricks, which is just absolutely perfect for cabs, and the flavors were delicious. So, looking wow. forward to it. Yeah. Well, I want to talk a little bit about some of the wines that are being made at Mount Boucherie, and and uh, I thought I'd start with the rosé program because you're you've really been expanding what you're doing there. Why, why don't we talk a bit about that? Yeah, for sure. We we. Um, you know, we've always been really uh, you know, well known with our client base, with uh, with our field blend rosé, which is the the home home vineyard uh, rosé, and that's you know that's always been a real uh, staple in our program. Mm-hmm. Uh, we expanded it a couple of years ago with our modest wines, and and yeah. uh, the um, the modest wine that we're doing this year. You know, we in past we've done Sauvignon, sorry, uh, uh, Syrah, and we've done Pinot Noir. Uh, this year we're actually doing an ode to uh, to Bordeaux, but not uh, not traditionally. <laughs> we're taking basically <laughs> of every not. every <laughs> nothing's traditional here. We're <laughs> we're taking uh, all the grape varieties of Bordeaux, including uh, you know all the reds: Cab Sauve, Cab Franc, Merlot, Carmenere, Petit Verdot, and then throwing in some Semillon and some Sauvignon Blanc as well. Wow. And uh, doing it all Sanier field not a uh, field blend but a uh, tank blend and and um, ferment it all all together, and it's going to be just this bizarre <laughs> this bizarre fruit bomb I think. But, uh, it, it, is that going to be the modest wine or? That's that's the modest wine, yeah. Wow. And then we yeah we've got uh, one more really exciting one actually we're working with uh, you know we've been working with Savon with the Mandaray wines for a couple of years right now. sure and um, the 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 white program and the red program have been you know really popular and and super successful for us this year they've asked us to uh, to you know work on a, a bit of a rosé project with them so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing a. We have. We bought a new vineyard this past year, uh, right near us in West Kelowna, and uh, it features Pinot Noir and Pinot Gris per, uh, predominantly. And so we're doing a rosé uh, for Savon this year, uh, featuring Pinot Noir and Pinot Gris. And again, those are you know, those are all uh, co-fermented um, uh, wow. uh, rosés. And that. And then, so that's uh, a twenty-two, a twenty twenty-two. You're talking about twenty twenty-two. Yeah. And how long, like, okay, yeah. it's picked, It's you're making it, when will it be in the bottle and, and likely in the stores? Well, it depends on who we're talking to. If you're talking to Jesse, it's going to be ready next week. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably, <laughs> realistically, we're looking at the early spring uh, well, release, probably a May, a May spring release yeah. would, be, would be doable for us for sure. Thank God Jesse's not in charge of winemaking. That could be big trouble at Mount Vision. I would actually like to see that one day. <laughs> yeah. We're talking with Jeff Hundermark. He's the winemaker at uh, Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. We've been talking about the rosé program and the harvest. Uh, but it's it's fall now, and things have changed in the valley. But what, what about you guys? Uh, the restaurant is open. Uh, how about tastings? Uh, do we need reservations? What What's happening at the moment at Mount Boucherie? Yeah, obviously, with uh, with 
you know, the tourist season kind of winding down and, and, and the locals coming back out again, which is our favorite time of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, you know, the, the, the winery or the wine shop is, is full on busy again, you know, reservations are always rec- uh, recommended, but you know, you probably, uh, during the week have no problem coming in just to, just to visit with the guys and do some tastings. Um, the restaurant as well as, is, is as busy as it's ever been, to be quite honest with you, Tony, it's, it's been, uh, you know, I tried to make reservations for my mother-in-law and myself and my wife, uh, for next week. You and, can't get uh, in. <laughs> I, I'm having a difficult time. I'm trying to pull some strings to get in. <laughs> oh my it's, goodness! It's tough. Just trying to find those reservation times. It's it's tough, but you know if you're if you're persistent, I think you're uh, you'll be fine. But yeah. yeah, no, it's good. The the the, the actual um, happy hour started, which really you know that always drives a lot of business to us for the early settings as well. Okay. So, we're, so you know, we're when that. is happy hour at uh, besides every day all day long when is the real happy hour at uh, Mount Boucherie? <laughs> you know what the times uh, are are it's it's the funniest thing happy hour is 3 hours long. It's yeah. basically from from 2 until 5. I mean they they do have some cheeky little hour uh, minute times in there but uh, yeah. it's pretty much from two to five and, and two to five uh, what a way to just while away in an afternoon i kind of like yeah, that yeah yeah exactly yeah. uh you, and you have those fantastic uh, condominiums uh will they be open all winter as well for rental oh, for sure we the the uh the three houses we have are 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 all open for rental um the you know we're I think they're dialing up quite a bit over the Christmas season with uh, sure. small Christmas gatherings and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's it's definitely. I mean, if you contact the website, I think stay at Mount Boucherie is the website or the email address, I should say. Yeah. Uh, they you know they could definitely give you some availability times, but it's 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 definitely busy. Weekends are obviously busier, but um, you know it's always it's booked every week, so mm. yeah, it's been good. Uh, I know that uh, an award-winning uh, modest video was made uh, last year that uh, s- struck gold with the uh, Wine Spectator. Uh, I'm just wondering if there's going to be another edition of that and whether you might get involved in that. Oh, you know what? I, I'm not funny. <laughs> you know, there, there are definitely some... Uh, there's some characters in this in this company that do really well on on uh, on the screen, and I I'm not one of them. I've got a I got the face for radio. Um, the uh, you know the uh, the marketing team we have here they are yeah. fantastic. They they come up with these. Uh, I don't know if you follow us on social, but the uh, yeah they you know, do they, they do these little uh, uh, vignettes all the time. The, the the Halloween one was just just released and it was just cracked me up it was this ghost that couldn't uh, get anybody to pay attention to it and was working at the winery anyway very long story go to the website and check it out it's it's funny as hell yeah uh yeah. jeff always great to catch up with you i i i assume you'll get some sleep maybe in a week's time from now but uh, you've got one week to go everybody has to stay focused to get her in and get her done i guess and that's the most important thing yeah it is, it is, and then, and then the real fun starts with uh, with pressing and barreling down. So yeah, you know, we, it doesn't actually end when it gets to the winery. Yeah, people think, oh, the harvest is over. No, it's just in the winery, and then it has to be processed. Oh, yeah. So lots yeah. to do. Yeah, it's it's uh, lots of work to do until January, and then we start bottling. So it, you know, it'll be uh, it's a year round adventure here. Yeah, 
Thanks for your time, Jeff. I know you're busy. Uh, great to talk to you. Uh, it's my pleasure. Always, always fun to talk to you, Tony. Okay, Jeff Hundermark, winemaker, Mount Bushery Estate Winery. Up next, Luke Trache joins us. He's the wine director at Barefoot Bistro in Whistler. Uh, we're going to talk about some changes at the Barefoot that may interest you. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismondi. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Gentle hills and secluded valleys, an ideal climate, and modern vineyard management. These are the foundations used to create Einzweiss Zero Sparkling Riesling from Lights. Made with the same grapes and care that go into their award-winning regular Rieslings, Einzweiss Zero captures the important natural aromas and remarkable properties of the terroir while still being refreshing, delicious, and absolutely alcohol-free. Einzweiss Zero Sparkling Riesling from Lights. For details, visit softcrush.ca. The Maipo Valley is a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Clos du Soleil makes wines that speak of the Similkameen soil where the grapes are grown. And to the soul of the people who call this winery their spiritual home, winemaker Michael Clark and his team specialize in wines that blend Bordeaux grape varieties with their unique terroir, adding a commitment to minimal handling and intervention in the cellar for wines that are elegant, ageable, and unique. Clos du Soleil, wild places, soulful wines. Available at clodusole.ca and fine restaurants and wine stores near you. Attention winers and diners. Happy Hour at the Modest Butcher is back. Stop in for $5 wine, beer, and savings on craft cocktails and tasty bites every day from 2 till 5 p.m. during Modest Happy Hour. But wait, there's more. Tommy and Tannen Tuesdays are also making a comeback. Get your first bottle of select Mount Boucherie wine for just five bucks when you order their juicy tomahawk ribeye with all the fixings every Tuesday night. The Modest Butcher at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. Modestbutcher.com. From our Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia. We're back with a special shout-out to CFAX 1070 in Victoria and all other 20 cities across the province here on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our next guest is uh, Luke Trottier. He's the wine director at the Barefoot Bistro in Whistler. Luke, how are you? I'm quite fantastic. Thank you for having me. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm very well, and I guess, uh, uh, you know, when I talk to wineries in the spring, the energy is up. I think when I talk to people in Whistler at the end of uh, October, early November, the energy is up. There there must be a sense of ski season arriving. That's exactly it. You can watch the snow line creep down the mountain. The temperature is dropping. People are shopping for new ski gear. The excitement's in the air. We can't wait for the season to open. <laughs> Do you actually get to ski during the ski season, or are you too busy? Yeah, I mean, it's, you have to find the balance, right? It's, uh, it's the beauty of working in the restaurant industry is we get the, the mornings. Mornings are free, and we work in the evening. So, you know, we try to get up as much as we can, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, well, let's start uh, with Cornucopia. You've got a big event in it, but uh, Cornucopia, is, it's kind of new, like it's spread out across the month. Yeah, they're, they're, they're extending their schedule. Um, during pandemic last year, they, um, they're doing smaller events, smaller, smaller days, so they, mm-hmm. they're using throughout, throughout the whole month. This year, they're going back to a bit of a, a similar concept as it was pre-pandemic, but they've extended um, weekends before and after to kind of give it more uh, interest, people to come up. It's, it's, the, the response has been amazing, yeah. Yeah, so lots of information for people. They can pick that up at uh, on Whistler Tourism. Talk about uh, cornucopia, but let's talk about the World Oyster Invitational and Bloody Caesar battle that you've got planned for November twenty first. Yeah, we can't wait. We uh, again, we uh, we we bring this event back after a couple of years that we had to stop because of the pandemic. But yeah. it's going to be our tenth edition now, and uh, we're going bigger than ever. We're expecting about about eight hundred or eight hundred to a thousand guests to attend. And this year's response with the oyster shuckers, we really want to make sure it's like an international uh, event for, for for the competition aspects. And the, the response yeah. from shuckers from overseas has been uh, it's been really really positive. Everybody's you know, calling up, trying to get their spot in to compete. It's uh, we're, wow. we're really, really looking forward to it. How many oyster shuckers do you think you'll have? We'll probably end up with 16. It's uh, right now. It's uh, it's it's all about make, making the schedule of like uh, the the competition heat. So um, uh, 16 is going to be the com- the comfortable number. And then we have like people from Japan, from Ireland, from Europe, from the United States. Yeah, it's been and in local shuckers as well. But yeah. Wow. Who do you think Who do you think are the best shuckers? Which country? Uh well. Uh, okay. Canada's been uh, has been going strong. They've, they've definitely had the last few titles uh, on the cup there, uh, yeah. especially uh, out in Montreal, out in Quebec City. That has been uh, bringing some some fierce competition. Sure, um, uh, they're uh, they seem to be uh, on a roll lately. Yeah. Wow. And uh, well, I know it's not just about speed usually, because also you you have to present that oyster and not have anything in it. Is that all part of the competition? Yeah, that's correct. So it's it's a timed event. But any mm-hmm. penalties will add time to your uh, to your results. So if right. the meat's puncture or if there's some a piece of shell or if they're not you know uh, loosened from the muscle, like all, all will deduct uh, extra time second penalty. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's speed and accuracy, absolutely. And I gather that uh, the Caesar is a big drink uh, that's consumed once in a while at the Barefoot Bistro. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, this is uh, going on with the tradition of how we created the event. Yeah. Um, but um, um, the the oysters has always been the garnish popular in our Caesars here at Barefoot, and we kind of tie it in together with with, with the event to give people a bit more of like a a, a bigger, broader experience uh, with, with the event. Uh, the way it works down is between the heats um, when we clean up the stage and set up for the ne- next round is when yeah. we introduce the uh, the Caesar uh, contest of it. So we we've got a full schedule for the old afternoon for the wow. for the guests. Eight hundred to I mean eight hundred to a thousand people. That that is big for for that kind of competition. Congratulations yeah, on that. Thank you, and it's all for charity as well, right? So this mm-hmm. is what we're very proud of as well. We 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 raise money for a charity. Uh, this year we're doing myeloma, which is a blood cancer research. We can find all that information on, on the website. But um, yeah. we're very proud to associate ourselves with some some great charities over the years, and uh, really looking forward again this year. Fantastic. Let's talk about the Barefoot. Uh, has has a big reputation, a great place to eat, incredible wine cellar. Uh, but it's evolving over the years. Tell us a bit about uh, your plans now to to evolve uh, Barefoot uh, to the present conditions of uh, wine and food. 
Yeah, exactly. Like barefoot, we are very, very blessed with um, you know the size of our cellar, right? There's, there's no secret we have one of the largest spaces, which allows us to, you know, keep the iconic and the, and the unicorn wines, as you want to call them. Uh, mm-hmm. But lately, we I've definitely been working on um, trying to explore maybe some other subregions that offer maybe a bit more of an approachable price point, or just you know wines that are. Um, made in smaller quantities or made that are made like a bit more artisanal ways with less sort of like passion and drive behind it. Like the European wines are always going to be a dominant force on, on, on our wine list. But, you know, I've been working a lot of Blau Frankish lately. I've been working a lot yeah. of like Loire Valley, smaller producers uh, from us. Uh, yeah, lots of different things going on and it's been a lot of fun. Well, yeah, I mean, so much going on in Spain and like it's not all Mouton and Lafitte that, uh, you know, exactly. and those... Those wines are so expensive that it's it's hard to find the people who can drink them or who can afford them. So I, I like this idea of exploring other areas as well. Uh, our guest is Luke Trottier. He's the wine director at Barefoot Bistro in Whistler, and we've been talking about uh, the oyster shucking competition they'll be having on November 21st. But let's talk a little bit about rezos and getting in the place because you pack up really quickly over the holidays. So what, what are you recommending people do that want to dine there uh, throughout the season? Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, it's it's the reality of uh, of the resort town is uh, book early, make reservations early, and uh, try to avoid wanting to come at seven o'clock. You know that's uh, that's not the that's not the not the time that works for any restaurant. So like yeah. think of it like a six p.m. or eight p.m. You know. <laughs> yeah, uh, table for eight at seven o'clock. Uh, no, it just <laughs> no, doesn't work. It's just, it's just not the way it works. But I know we it's always hilarious. try to make it work, and yeah, but. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, like right now, um, you know, the, the, the holiday season is, uh, is pacing way ahead of like a normal as far as like booking reservations. So people are, are it's catching busy, on, yeah. but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's very positive. It's, it's great. It's, uh, and, and, you know, for, for, yeah. And for people who don't know, like, uh, over, say like over at least the last 10 years now, your food sourcing has changed a lot and it's much more local. Yeah, we're very proud of that. It's very local. It's very seasonal. We are extremely fortunate to have the very talented chef, Melissa Craig, um, who is so knowledgeable and so passionate about uh, teaching and, and showing um, showing the, her kitchen brigade like all sorts of new ingredients, um, but mostly local. And that's, that, that's the fun part, like the things that we didn't know grow in our own backyard, and, yeah. and fresh herbs and, and, and vegetables. And yeah, it's very, very exciting. Yeah, the, the Pemberton Valley is uh, really shining. Uh, well, so much going on, and maybe just a, a, a little update because a lot of people haven't been up to Whistler since the pandemic. How, how is the town? How's the village looking? What, what's the life like? Uh, you know, what's the vitality like in in the town? Yeah, it's 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 better than ever. I think Whistler has always been unique in a way that we always do it like as a collaboration. We you know all the different restaurateurs and the restaurant industry. We all know each other. We all get along. We have, we all do it together because we understand that people come to the resort, right? They don't just come to your restaurant. And uh, yeah. it's, it's kind of a, it's, a, it's an amazing collaboration. It's amazing sort of like a, a feel where you can, have, you know, you go to a, a, a restaurant next door and they talk about barefoot and they come here and we talk about the people next door and so on. Like it's, 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 a, it's a fun, exciting place to come right now. Mm-hmm. 
well, I know a lot of people are getting their skis ready uh, and, uh, as you say, out shopping for boots or whatever else to get up on the mountain. So while you're doing that, uh, maybe think about where you're going to go when you where you're going to stay in Whistler and get some of those reservations done now because it's uh, really uh, getting busy already. It's going to be a big season, and, and according to the weather, uh, we should be getting snow this weekend in, in Vancouver in the mountains. So uh, that means even more yeah. up in Whistler. It's 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 nice and white. The peaks are uh, wintry wonderland right now. So it's uh, yeah. it's, it's it's excitement. You can feel the excitement. Luke, so great to catch up with you. Now, folks, barefootbistro.com. If you go to that website, uh, special events, you can check out the oyster shucking there. And, of course, you can check out the new menu and get dinner reservations at the Barefoot Bistro uh, and spend some time up in Whistler skiing, eating, drinking, and uh, having a bunch of fun. Blow some steam off. That's what they like up there. Thanks so much, Luke. Thank you very much, Anthony. It's great catching up with you. Yeah, super talking to you. That was Luke Trotje, the wine director of the Barefoot Bistro in Whistler. Hey, that's it for our show this week. Next week, we'll bring you full coverage of the Okanagan wine country, including conversations in the south with Checkmate Artisanal Winery, uh, north to the Naramata Bench and up uh, Highway 97 to Cedar Creek in East Kelowna. Special thanks to our technical producer here in Vancouver, Dwayne Bishop, assignment editor Sherry Caleb, and director of operations Stu Ferguson. We'll be back here next week in our Vancouver studios at BNM Bloomberg, 1410 a.m. For all of us at the show, I'm Anthony Gismondi, wishing you a great weekend and a better week ahead. That's it for today's show. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi.